Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced and easy to share with anyone. Try Dropbox for business for free for 30 days at dropbox.com slash business. Hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online is news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, and supported by Dropbox. Lots of tech news this week. Joining me, my name's Trevor Long. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor Long. And uh, the other bloke talking tech each and every week is from techguide.com.au, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Fennick, uh, that is. And he's on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And Stephen, it's a very special episode uh, uh, with a theme, a dental theme. Is that correct? <laughs> it's episode 230, which uh, some people may refer to as uh, the Chinese dentist episode. So. <laughs> You're Let people work that out if they may. Such a tragic dad joke. But the good news is there's actually quite a wide variety of news coming out this week in the tech world. And frankly, we were just talking before we came on air. We could probably do next week's rundown already. We've got that much stuff to talk about. So let's get cracking on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, a little bit left of field in terms of putting this at the top of the show, I admit. But I've been really loving this next topic since I tried it, but was not able to talk about it until now. Um, this is a product that you tried uh, in the dev version at IFA when it was known as Project Morpheus. Um, I was lucky enough to spend some time in the PlayStation Australia offices, uh, I don't know, it feels like a month ago, and, um, and have a play with PlayStation VR. And this week in uh, at Paris Games Week, I think it's called, they've they officially announced the product as PlayStation VR. I, I don't know if they've announced anything other than that. Um, and we're expecting it early next year. But, Stephen, <clears throat> I've tried all the VR experiences. I've tried Oculus Rift, which is probably the most amazing because it's connected to a PC. You can have joysticks and things. But then in terms of a general user experience, your Samsung Gear VR is brilliant because it's just put it on your head with your smartphone and off you go. Android's a cardboard or Google Cardboard is fantastic for almost any phone. But all they do is give you a... The ability to look around up and down and kind of, you know, ruin your insides by going on a roller coaster virtually. PlayStation VR is genuinely virtual reality because when I stood there with this headset on, headphones on, and then the two PlayStation Move controllers in my hand, it's a whole different world, you know. And once again, they throw you into a shark tank. And But the difference here is you can walk around. Now, the limitation is the cord that's connected to the PlayStation and the size of your lounge room. But if you are able to manage your way through a, you know, a small two or three square meter area, you can walk around the shark cage. You can, you can recoil from the shark attacking you. You can look over the edge. And then when you're playing a game like London Heist, you can reach out with one hand to grab a gun, another hand to grab a cartridge, and you clock them together to reload the gun. Man, it was amazing. Honestly, I don't play games a lot. This was awesome. It is brilliant, and uh, I think it's literally 
a game changer. And, and what what better company than PlayStation to really take it on board yeah. and transform the, their best products, which are the latest games, which on PlayStation 4 were fantastic just playing them normally on your TV screen. But now adding adding something like this virtual headset, the uh, the PlayStation VR, I think it's going to absolutely energize the industry. I think developers yeah. are already lining up to to bring out their titles that make use of this absolutely brilliant method of literally putting you in the center of the game. So. It's it's totally different when you're sitting on your couch with a controller in your hand. Well, you're watching a two-dimensional game and you're playing it from a distance. Well, with this, and as you said, I tried this in Berlin. We we both tried it. It immerses you in the game, and you do look a bit of a goose playing it. I have to admit, there is a video of me playing it in Berlin on Tech Guide, and there's photos of me ducking down on the floor and and looking up and and clicking the move controllers together. You do look a bit of a fool, but people can see uh, in that video what I'm seeing as well. So in the London Heist, which I played... I got to uh, hide behind a desk and there were people coming in trying to attack me and there were people upstairs. So I'm looking up and around and down and uh, it it, it put you right in the heart of it. I I think we were just talking before the show about how good would Call of Duty be here where you're immersed in that amazing, those amazing maps and environments that they create. Uh, I think though that this is just limited by the game developer's imagination. It is so realistic and so immersive. I think it could even, and and there are some games that are actually quite terrifying and there are Mm. some pretty scary titles out there. I'm I'm worried that someone, they're going to feel so scared that something bad might happen. Look, there's a couple of things about that. You know, we've got to remember, this is not for kids. You're not even meant to use virtual reality under 13 because of what, what it does to your head. Um, but then there was that idiot that played PlayStation for 20 days in a row and died. I mean, there's obviously things you can do to yourself that are stupid. And you know what? You can't play this on your own. I mean, you, unless you're playing a sitting down game, you, you've got to be careful walking around the lounge room. You've got to get rid of the coffee table. It's a very interesting concept. But I think, mate, I think it's a game changer, as you say, in the same way that Xbox Connect was for the Xbox. It It revolutionized the way you could control a game. But critically, it's not the the standard approach today even though it's you know four or five years old it's just an excellent feature so playstation vr and virtual reality is not going to be the standard for gaming it is going to be the 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 next level up for people who want it and that's what i think is cool is playstation seemed to have nailed in, in my mind they've nailed vr because what vr lacked was movement and and interactivity both of them unbelievable in this in this thing and the quality was sensational yeah, I, I think the you're right. I think this is sort of more geared at your hardcore gamers who literally want to step inside the game, be part of the game, be a character in the game. So, and PlayStation is very good at doing that, at catering for their audiences. They've got a variety of games. I know family play is 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 very popular as well. A lot of families play games together. But I think this is going to step it up to that real that really engaged player. And you got to remember that 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 
players in Australia, like gamers in Australia, the average age is in in the mid 30s. So oh, yeah. it's not it's not just for kids. This whole new uh, this this whole new genre has opened up now, where developers can cater for those older players, the, the, those hardcore gamers who want something more. Hmm. That, that, that's the thing we've seen with the console wars over the years where it's a it's a case of one upmanship okay xbox yeah. one the xbox one comes out playstation 4 comes out all these hot titles come out now it's sort of we're reaching another level yeah. it's going to take it to literally another level where and, and xbox have got their own version of this coming oh, out lens. soon and, and other platforms going to do it's going to absolutely showcase their technology because obviously the playstation 4 is the backbone of this system as well the play the, the virtual reality headset of course plays its part but it's the content that's really going to drive this that's so that's yeah. really exciting of what we can expect and you know just finally you i can imagine stephen fennick going nuts over this as call of duty obviously the thing about call <laughs> of duty you'd still need a way to <clears throat> to kind of move forward and, and whatnot with so there's a few few intricacies yeah. there but for me mate can you imagine me with my Red Bull racing seat my steering wheel and one of these things on my head I don't oh, I could be I could be tucked away brilliant. in a corner I don't need a TV and I am yeah. looking through the helmet of a race car driver in Gran Turismo you know whatever version Project Cars yeah. Mike, you know what else this you'll could need, be insane. Mate? You know what else you'll need? A sick bag? Put a little fan so you can feel the wind in your face <laughs> as well. That's what you need. <laughs> I'll make it happen. Seriously. I, I can't wait for that. Anyway, PlayStation <laughs> VR. Stephen's got a video at techguide.com.au from back at IFA uh, where he, he played it. And I've got some photos of me looking like an idiot um, uh, on EFTM.com.au. you listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, back in September, when the new iPhone 6S and 6S Plus and iPad Pro, that huge launch event, one of the new products was the new Apple TV. And this week, we uh, we found out a little bit more information about the new product. And not only do we find out when it's coming out, it's coming out this week. So by the end of this week, we're recording on a Thursday. By the end of the week, Apple TV will be in stores. But we also found out the price. Now, there are two versions of the Apple TV because you've got to remember this version of Apple TV has memory on board. It has storage because there is an all-new OS, the TV OS, and it runs apps. So basically, the memory uh, is a reservoir for your apps, a place to store your apps and your levels and all those sorts of things. Two storage uh, capacities, 32 gig. It's going to be $269. Uh, 64 gig is going to be $349, which wow. I don't know about you, Trev. That's a big price jump. So I'm expecting big things from this product. That 32 gig version is more is is twice the price of the original, which I think was 109 bucks. Uh. The 64 gig is th more than three times the price is it going to be worth it, do you think? I um, I think it will be. I, I don't have any doubt that they will impress with it. And But I think give it three months. We need a bunch of apps built. You know, there's a, there's a few going to be there from the start, given what was launched at, in September. And you know, Crossy Road will be there. Um, there's there's no doubt that it will be good. But it's definitely for the uh, for the enthusiast early on because and the early adopter because 109 bucks is a great price for a little set-top box that gives you access to catch-up TV, movies, you know, a whole bunch of your library. 269 Mate, you might fetch TV for 399 So you're, you're getting close to PVR territory, yet you, you've got an app store. So what we need is the content. So I've no doubt 
much more than even the Apple Watch in terms of success of the the perception of the product. This will go very well, but geez, it's expensive. Yeah. I, I you know I, I knew is, it was going to yeah. be more than two hundred. I hoped two twenty nine. Yeah, we, we should keep in mind, and, and it was, uh, that was a good mention of the Fetch TV. Now, Fetch TV is a set-top box. It can, it's got free-to-air. It's got tuners on board. Apple TV is, is, does not have TV tuners. It has connection to your internet, connection to your iTunes account, uh, apps, connection to your apps. So it's very much the content that you get through the device. You stream through the device over the internet. So there's no, there's no broadcasting here. Uh, so you're not going to watch free-to-air channels. You're not going to no. do anything like that. It is going to be purely the content from iTunes, from apps, TV shows, movies, and things like that. Mm. Uh, and is the the look of it is slightly different too. It's a bit bigger. Did you you got we saw it. Yeah, we back saw in it September. in September. It's it a, is it's slightly a taller. Chunkier device. Just yeah. slightly, though. It's, it's not much. And the new remote control looks like uh, – I, I remember the demonstration they gave at, uh, at the event back in September. Uh, there's a little trackpad, so the, the whole remote control has been reinvented as well. Mm. But um, I think combination of it being a better device, our dollar sinking uh, since, since the, original was, the original Apple TV or the previous version of Apple TV was launched as well, that has impacted on the price as well. I understand mm. in the U.S. it's $150 U.S., starting at wow. uh, so we're paying $110 more uh, but the 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 US to, to Australian dollar price difference I think if you just did the the conversion it'd probably be around 210 bucks here so uh, it does seem a little bit high here in Australia yeah but again you've got to remember that the, the taxes in the US bunch of stuff like that so it will always look bad <laughs> the old pricing yeah 149 what do you do you divide it by mate what's it what's it now 20 72 cents 70, or something, you know, 72, so 200, yeah. 210 bucks, you know, plus plus uh, 10%, you know, so you, you're straight away at 230, so there might be a small premium there, but they've got to buy in, they've got to, they've got to add in the value of the dollar going further down, so not yeah. easy for and a there's company. A lot, oh. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of competition in this space too, we should add, like it was just a, a week or two ago, we were, it was last week, we were talking about Telstra TV, yeah. Yeah. and that, that's only 100, and how much is that, it's 109 dollars, yeah. Uh, doesn't quite have doesn't have the app store and kind of the rich content that that the Apple TV uh, provides, but it is it's less than half price. Yeah, you've also got other competitors like the the Google Chromecast as well. Mm. There are other devices that can can almost achieve what what it, uh, Apple TV does. And again, no no app store and none none of the sort of the depth of content you can access through Apple TV. But there's a lot of competitors out there, and, and uh, you know Apple uh, have decided that. Uh, the this new version, which which main t- makes use of memory, uh, is going to be uh, priced a- as it is two six nine, three forty nine. Uh, I'll be interested to see how many customers are there day one or early on ready with their money. Yep, and uh, I've no doubt that uh, episode two hundred and thirty one. Uh, one of the uh, Stevens reviews will be the Apple TV. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode two hundred and thirty. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced and easy to share with anyone. Australian companies such as Bauer Media Group, Campaign Monitor, Shoes of Prey, Bellroy and Suntory already use Dropbox for business to help their team members work together no matter where they are or what tools they use. Get your whole team on Dropbox for business today to keep your information easy to manage and secure 
with a 30-day trial. It's as much storage as your business needs, and it keeps your business data all in one place. And it's backed like with features like identity and access management. You can even access activity logs, and you've also got a whole suite of sharing controls as well. Try it for free at dropbox.com slash business. I got a little bit excited during the week, Stephen. Um, Tim Cook mentioned Australia, um, and it was the it was the news I've been waiting for for well over twelve months now. Apple Pay is coming to Australia, but there's a catch. Woohoo! Um, yeah, it's, finally, <clears throat> yeah, it's only coming on American Express. Now, good news: Trevor has an American Express card. Bad news: um, oh. not a lot of places actually take Amex for tap and go. If we're honest, um, you know most. <laughs> places, you know, the places where I'm, I'm buying, you know, $10 for lunch or something, not going to use my Amex there, but petrol, things like that, and groceries under $100, you know, Apple Pay will be a function there. So it's a very interesting announcement because it came from Amex. So Amex announced that they were going to bring Apple Pay to Australia and Canada and other key global markets, Australia and Canada, this year. And then Tim Cook was asked a question about it during the earnings call. So, you know, clarifying it and, and confirming it. Now, what's really interesting here is um, they haven't, it's not already available. So, he, he, for example, I switched my phone to the US iTunes store so that I could check Apple Pay. It just, it just adds a, a, a link to your settings. But I, and I tried to scan my Australian Amex card and it still said not available in Australia. So it's still got to be authorized and go <laughs> through the process. But we are close, my friend. And frankly, the banks now are under pressure because they they have to respond, mate. I just this is a first mover thing, and I don't I don't care that it's Amex. The banks have to respond now. Uh, St George said to me during the week, we declined to comment. They're very very useful, very very useful uh, comment from St <laughs> George. Really appreciate that. <clears throat> Whereas the ComBank issued their normal statement, which is it's an interesting proposition on its arrival in Australia. We'll evaluate the best payment solutions for our customers. I mean, bottom line, they're ready. They'll switch it on. The, yeah. They just don't want to be first because they've got their own kind of internal but, but isn't mechanisms. It, isn't, it a, isn't it a matter of um, like companies like Visa and MasterCard also offering it as well? No, the banks support those cards. Uh, isn't it where the card, the card people have to decide, just like Amex has decided? Isn't it Visa, MasterCard? Aren't they the ones that have to give give that approval or decide that they they're going to actually go with it? The best example of that is Amex. So Amex, it will work. So I've got an American Express card from American Express. If you've got a Commonwealth Bank mm -hmm. card with Amex, so they have you know the little logo is Amex, then it won't work. Yeah. So it is up to the bank to determine that. So theoretically, oh. and there's no doubt, the Visa and MasterCard can switch it. It's, it they're using it in america same thing it's not up they don't issue cards uh -huh. cards in australia so it really is up to the banks and bottom line the, cool. they, they got to get into it absolutely yeah and i think we should maybe point out a couple of little details about the uh, how it's going to work i think with the american express card it can sync with your with their app so they've got a mobile app so you can see your your you can monitor your accounts and things like that but i think too people another thing people are wondering about is the security how secure is this thing oh. and uh it, this is how it's going to work is that when the card is added to apple pay your actual card number 
is not stored on your device. No, that's right. So it, it what happens is a, a unique device account number is created and assigned. It's also encrypted, and there's a secure element inside your Apple Watch, inside your iPhone, and all that. So it, that, that's stored in that part of the watch or phone. And then each time you make a transaction, it generates a one-time code that's used for that particular transaction. So there's no swapping your credit card each time you swipe it. It, de- it does re- register with that one-time dynamic code for the transaction to take place. And what's critical there is your phone is off. It's in your pocket. You say, I'm going to pay by tap and go. You just bring your phone. You don't have to turn your phone on. You don't have to swipe. Your f- you don't have to do anything. You just bring your phone up to the counter and it automatically opens Apple Pay. You, you tap the card you want to pay with and you use your fingerprint to approve the payment. It is the best in terms of security. And that's what's crazy to me about uh, the banks. This is this is good security. So, Although I, I, I was alarmed, though, to read, Trevor, that mm. you can pay with an iPhone, mm. you can pay with an Apple Watch, mm. but you can also pay with an iPad. Oh, my God. So all these that. tourists that take photos on Jesus. their iPads, they're going to also be able to pay using <sighs> Apple Pay. I'm worried about those people. I really am. That's okay. If I see you doing that, I will stop you. I will stop you in your tracks. Anyway, Apple Pay is coming. Um, We'll have to wait and see over the next uh, four weeks, basically. I think the other, the banks have to move by Christmas. They they just have to because there's there's benefit in them um, moving and being the first bank to go that way. So, Apple Pay coming to Australia finally. Read about it eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And if you haven't checked out the new Netgear Nighthawk X8 smart Wi-Fi router, this thing is a genuine cracker. This thing um, is smart Wi-Fi router, the next wave in Wi-Fi tri-band, quad stream. I mean, it's everything you need. The thing about the, the Netgear products, the Netgear routers, is we're dealing with products here that are, are made to enhance your home experience. They're made to make networking in your home better. They're made to, made to make streaming better. They're made to improve the connectivity for everyone. Now, the, the setup process for Netgear routers is so easy these days that you just plug it in. A simple genie goes through the process. It's more than just a wizard. It's sensational. So if you're having streaming problems in your home, if you're having speed problems in your home, check out the range of Netgear routers. The Nighthawks, the X4S is the VDSL, ADSL modem router. It's probably the, the pick of the bunch because if you're on ADSL, you can combine your router and your modem in one with the X4S. So check it out, netgear.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, this was a cool one, man. I... I thought this was so good, I, I just jumped out of my chair and wrote about it. The, the idea from Garmin, who are massive in cycling, let's be clear. They have cadence, monitors, GPS. They have everything for cyclists. Their, their, their cycling brand penetration is exceptional. And what they released is a, is a product which I'm going to call Varia. It might be Varia. I don't know, but Varia. Rear view radar. Stephen, this thing sits on the back of your bike. It's uh, It's... It's a flashing tail light or a or a steady beam tail light, but it also has like a car a radar so that it can actually prompt you when a car is coming behind you. So if you've also if you've got the Garmin Edge GPS unit on the on the handlebars, uh, it will actually flash at you when a car is coming up behind you so that you know it's there, you're aware. But critically, when a car comes up, it'll also flash the light brighter, so it'll shine the light brighter or flash the light brighter, whichever option you're in. So that's cool for um, coming traffic coming up behind you. And then in front of you, the headlight 
is using the GPS of the edge to determine how how far away and how bright it shines. Because if you're going fast, it knows that you need to shine further ahead. If you're going a bit slower, you don't need quite as bright a beam. It's very intelligent technology on a bike. Absolutely. I think that Garmin, as you said, is a huge, huge name in uh, GPS products and and cycling computers and products. Uh, I think anything that can increase safety on a bike, and that's critical. I think there's a lot of people out there, a lot of cyclists, they're avid cyclists, they love cycling, but there's always that danger. You, you, you hear the, the stories of cyclists get knocked over and people not noticing them on the road. If there's a product that can help them to ride safer, mm. then... I applaud it. Garmin, well done. And they're using what they're good at. So their their GPS technology, they've got radar built into this thing as well. Uh, so great, great way for riders to stay safe. And it does work with their other products, with the uh, the Edge. So that it uses, when it uses uh, data, it can take data from the Edge. Uh, and then that, that could also help uh, uh, what's near you and then brightening the intensity of those lights so that you're visible to other drivers. I mean, that, that's really key here where drivers need to be aware that you're there. So if you got a, if there's a bright red light that they can see, then if they can see you, then that increases the safety level. So good on Garmin. I think the pricing is not too bad either. I think it's uh, 259 or 389 if it's bundled with the radar display unit as well. So uh, good on Garmin for that. Great product. Check it out. The photos are at eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Trevor, I have circled November the 26th on my calendar. And the reason I've done that is because that is the day that Channel 9 will broadcast its primary channel in high definition. I think there's a lot of people who have been waiting a long, long time (laughs) for this to happen. We've got more than 90% of people in Australia viewing their programs on a HD television. And finally, uh, we can see programming the the everyday programming that we used to, all our sport as well, in HD. This was announced, Channel 9 had their big upfront event earlier this week. They're calling it the New 9. So it's not only going to provide 9's primary channel in HD, so they're going to have their normal Channel 9 in standard def. 90 will now become the, the simulcast of that channel in HD. Gem is moving down to 92. Uh, Go is also being moved to 93 and uh, also staying on 99. There's an all-new lifestyle channel as well that'll be uh, also launching uh, on Channel 94 on November 26. And there's going to be streaming everything so you can watch stuff on uh, on your mobile devices and on the internet. Now, this is, uh, I think, a big big day for free-to-air TV viewers, especially people who like to watch Channel 9. But, uh, you know, we, we, we're waiting for November 26, and hopefully everyone will be able to enjoy this service. Well, Stephen, I'm excited too because it means that you can watch the NRL next year in HD. That's guaranteed if yes. if you meet the criteria. Now, this is not widely known yet, but trust me, it won't take long after the 26th for this to become an issue. But but it's an overcomable issue, let's say that. not It's not insurmountable. So the the way they're doing this, so you ask yourself why they're adding another channel. You can't just, like, how why haven't they done that before now? The reason is every every television station, and I don't want to get too complex, but 
let me try. Every television station has a certain amount of space in the airwaves, the spectrum, and it's 23 meg is the, is the amount of space that they, that they use. And they have to very carefully allocate that space so that all the channels fit in. A HD channel takes up 12, 11 or 12 meg of that 23. It's a huge percentage. And so that's why you can't have two channels in HD. And that's why up until now, they also haven't been allowed to have the primary channel in HD. So what they're doing is they're getting rid of one of their silly telemarketing channels, extra two. That's going. That saves them two meg because it's really low quality. That's not enough to put a new channel on. So what they're doing is they're going to do the HD broadcast in HD via MPEG-4, which is an all-new compression technology. So they're broadcasting it using a different technology, which I'm going to say to you, 20, maybe 30% of televisions in this country cannot receive. So if you bought a television very early in the digital switchover, it won't work. If you bought a television in the last, say, five years, it's most likely going to work. But I reckon there's 20 or 30% of people who would struggle and they, they literally can't receive it. And that's why they're also simulcasting. So that when that person right. rings the switchboard and says, I can't watch Channel 90, they'll say, just put on Channel 9. And buy a new TV. So what you're saying, this this new compression technology, so uh, the MPEG-4 technology, which is the newer, higher compression stream, Mm. that's the newer technology that some TVs may not be able to pick up. But the older MPEG-2 HD technology, which is is what they're using now on Channel 90, as I understand, that's an older... An older compression, an older version of MPEG. All the TVs have to, is, have to is use all, it. Is, it can be viewed on every TV. Now, there is already one MPEG-4 channel in the market. That is Channel 78, or 68 if we're in regional areas. It's the Channel 7 Racing Channel. So it's that joint venture mm-hmm. with Racing.com, the, the, the Melbourne or the Victorian Racing mob. Um, that's in MPEG-4. So Channel 7 have just squeezed that in. It's standard definition. It's squeezed in. It's probably only taken up a meg of their 23. But if you've got an old yeah. TV and you can't watch Channel 78, then you won't be able to watch Channel 9 in HD. So that's ah, the test. Well, that's a good way to test it. Yeah, yes. awesome. So people can go switch over to 78. If they can see Channel 78, happy days, then they'll be able to see Channel 9, Channel 90, the new HD channel, the simulcast channel. Yep. So, uh, and all the other what stations. Think, though, of, uh, all what the other stations of, uh, will, will watch hard. services. I think Nine Jump In is going to get the bullet, and it's, it's cool. going to be replaced by Nine Now. Well, let's this be honest. Catch up service, streaming service. Let's be honest. Nine Jump In was a stupid name, and uh, good riddance to it. <laughs> Nine Now is actually a very cool name because you'll be able to watch all the catch up there, but also the live channels. I'm still not convinced that anyone actually wants to watch live channels via the internet. So this theoretically, they build an Apple TV app. Um, and you don't need an antenna. You just watch the, the channels via the internet. But yeah. let, me tr- let me tell you, I can watch um, internet television via the Fetchbox. We've got a bunch of subscription channels. My internet usage, yep. massive, ridiculous, because it's not metered. It's not unmetered. So it's a very dangerous uh-huh. thing to do. Be very careful watching too much live but television. But if, if someone's on a Wi-Fi network, for example, say someone's in a Westfield where there's Wi-Fi or somewhere where there's decent Wi-Fi, they could literally tune in to Channel 9 and watch TV, what's currently being broadcast on television at home, on their mobile device. Just wait for all those Wi-Fi networks, the free Wi-Fi networks, to have bandwidth limitations. I was at a hotel, a classy hotel in Melbourne on the weekend, and they said, you know, this is for this is only this speed, 
not for video streaming. And uh, the, if you want that, you've got to pay for the premium. Now, they probably couldn't tell, huh. but they will get to a point where they, where they basically limit it to a certain number of megabits per second. So I think we'll have that problem in the future. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole issue for another day. But Stephen's excited because the footy is going to be in HD, all the games, uh, Foxtel and Channel 9. And I'm pretty sure Stephen's TV is less than four, four years old. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, and they're, they're if, quite near my TV. I think people need to be looking at their second and third TV. So, you know, in the one in the man cave, the one in the bedroom, whatever, check that you can receive Channel 78. Do a full auto-tune. And let's be clear, so this is on November 26th, and just a little, uh, you know, little um, ego pump uh, for myself. The uh, SBS also announced a new channel. Uh, the, it's called the Food Network. That launches on November 17th. So retune your TVs on the 17th, and then again on the 26th, you should have a whole bunch of extra channels. It's good times in free-to-air TV right now. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. A couple of quick ones before we get to the minute review, Stephen. Um, I feel like we're in a we're in a, a very interesting situation where we are back to talking about low cost mobile. Two weeks ago, I had Ruslan Kogan on Your Tech Life. This week, I had a bloke from Boost Mobile. Plus, we've got an announcement from Labara, um, and I, I think I can I can only intimate that there'll be another announcement next week from another low cost carrier. There's, it's just huge in the low cost market. Um, uh, the the idea that um, and I know I've jumped ahead, Stephen, and you're thinking, what are you talking about, Trevor? But I've jumped ahead in topics. <laughs> <laughs> he has skipped ahead on the, skip, on the run sheet. I've skipped you ahead actually, on the uh, run talking sheet. about my, well, that's my Sorry. item on the run oh, sheet. But, but I'm going okay. to let you explain because I haven't, the, the Labara announcement is quite interesting to me because they've got a way of topping up your prepaid credit without using money. I don't understand that. Well, what they're going to do, and I will talk about Labara, and I'll also talk about uh, Boost Mobile's offering too. But first of all, Labara, this is a really interesting prospect here where Labara uses the Vodafone network, uh, and they have a new plan that will allow customers. It's called the Labara Plus, and what that does, it comes with three gigabytes of data to begin with, uh, and, and, and will allow customers to, uh, uh, to earn extra data by viewing ads wow. on their device. So whenever whenever they unlock their smartphone, they will see once every three times they unlock their device an ad. And it, it will it, it is uh, only available at, at the moment on Android devices because you do need to install an app on on your device. So an ad will play, and you do you viewing the ad or, or just seeing the start of the ad that qualifies you then to earn the free credit, which can only be done once per month. And I, it's actually you can, it comes with two gigabytes to start with. So you pay twenty bucks, you get two gigabytes, not three. Two gigabytes, you can earn an extra two uh, per month by viewing the ads. And you can dismiss the ad straight away. You don't have to sit through the whole ad, however long it might be, but that is what uh, allows you to earn that extra two gig of data as well as credit for more phone calls. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, and, and that leads us really to the boost thing because it's we've got to remember that adults are a little bit more willing to spend an extra 10 bucks and just be on a different plan. Kids yeah. <laughs> are scrimping and saving for every dollar and every megabyte, right? So... Labara is approaching it from a you know well, let's let's make some money out of ads and, and invest that back into data and then Boost yep. come out and say okay so for forty bucks a month you get three gig of data but hey every weekend yep. just knock yourself out with an extra two <laughs> that, is, that that's really cool and let, let's let's remember our mobile data usage is going up 
dramatically. We've increased every year by 70% the amount of mobile data we use. That's why if you look back at well, my son just got off a, a two-year contract with, with his iPhone, he had 1.5 gigabytes of data on his, on his two-year-old plan. He just got a new plan. It now has eight gig of data. That, that's how far we've come in two years. So data is is what the customers are after. Hence the reason why Labara are doing this and also what Boost are offering with this with this really clever plan. I think Boost Mobile, you gotta remember, is is kind of a, a brand that uh, a lot of a lot of younger users, prepaid users who are on budgets and they, they can't spend big on their plans. They've they've already got a phone, they they can pay their prepaid plan. And this new Boost Unlimited plan, which is it gives you to begin with three gig of data. Now you're paying forty bucks a month, you've got three gig of data. But what happens on the weekend, which is when you think about it, the time when you're using a lot of data. Exactly. Like, I know my daughter's a great example. She's 15. She on the weekend, she's out and about with a mate. She's she's not at home on Wi-Fi. She's not at school on Wi-Fi. She's out in the world and, and using her own data. So when this kicks in at nine o'clock on a Friday night, until 11:59 on Sunday night, you get an added two gig of data per weekend. So potentially over the month, that's 11 gig of data to use. Per thirty days for forty bucks, and that's, that's not, pretty good. Nine o'clock Friday through till midnight Sunday. I mean, it's it's actually quite a long time, and it's quite easy to manage. You can use the their app to to determine and manage your usage because you can't rely now on the smartphone to tell you usage anymore. I just think that obviously there's some people that might get a little bit caught out by it, but once you get the hang of it, eleven gig potential with forty bucks a month. Mate, there are kids that will be very smart about this and they'll absolutely know about yeah. that 11 gig every single and month. It, and there's even a lower plan. There's even a $20 plan that Boost have where the the $40 plan gets you unlimited everything. So unlimited calls, unlimited texts, uh, unlimited calls to standard numbers. The $20 one gets you unlimited texts, unlimited MMS, 100 minutes of calls, one gig of data, but that comes with an additional 500 meg of data per weekend. So potentially... Over 30 days for just 20 bucks, you can get three gig of data over that 30 day period. So they've catered for two two levels there: 40 bucks, 20 bucks. I think that is going to be really hard to beat in the market. I'll be keen to see and interested to see if there are any competitors who can match that kind of offer. And you've got to remember, this is on the Telstra 4G network yeah. as well. Yep, it's a great deal. Uh, you can read about that at techguide.com.au. Now, I promise you this time, before we get to the minute reviews, I'm going to do what I was going to talk about. Uh, now, I, I play Minecraft with Jackson. Jackson's nine. He started playing Minecraft a year or so ago, and I just didn't understand what he was talking about every night, uh, making things, building things, recipes for things. So I, I started playing the game. It's a bunch of fun. It's a creative world where you just build stuff or knock stuff down or whatever it is. But when Woolworth said to me, oh, you want to check this out, we've, we've, we've built a Minecraft world, I went, what do you mean? And I downloaded this thing, 120 meg download, installed it on the computer. I was blo- wait, forget what Jackson thought. I was blown away. You get into this world. Now, building things in Minecraft is like building Lego. So imagine seeing your first ever Lego world exhibition where they build those big things. That was what the experience I had looking at this Minecraft world. They had this beautiful big museum you could walk into. There was skeletons of dinosaurs in there. There was shops. There was people you could talk to. It was unbelievable. Then you go out into the into the world and you can interact with dinosaurs. You've got to find bones. You've got to build skeletons. You've got to take them back to the museum. It's actually a very, very smart adventure world that kids love. 
They, they, and it's all linked to those handout little collector cards they have at the supermarkets. Stephen, I just huh. thought that well, kids, are, kids, kids love the collector cards, right? They, they collect them and they go to school, they trade them, fill the gaps, fill the book, whatever. This is a, this is brilliant marketing from Woolworths because obviously it just engages kids in Woolworths and therefore builds brand awareness and loyalty. You know, my son has been playing this as much as he is allowed, basically. It's brilliant. And it, huh. it, I don't know how much it cost him. Best investment Woolworths ever made in, uh, in in gaining customer loyalty at a young level. Yeah, right. So the, is there an actual Woolies in the world or not? Or it, the cards they give you in, provides the world? Inside the uh, the museum that they've built is a big Woolworths logo. There's uh, what looks like counters for a shop where you can get apples. Because in Minecraft, your, your health degrades like in any other game. So you've got to eat things. So they've yep. got a bunch. You've got to collect apples and eat them. So there's no transactional supermarket or anything there. It's all about the ancient animals. It's all about learning about dinosaurs, collecting and taking back to the museum and okay. completing the game. So they're not pushing a shopping trolley around and, nope. and doing your grocery. No, it's very subtle Woolworths engagement, which is smart, <laughs> but also subliminal, right? So it's the kind of thing Gruen should get well, involved in, but they, they wouldn't understand it. It's a smart move because the, the kids are getting exposed to the brand early. That's it. They grow that's up it. and the chances of them shopping at Woolies when they're older, you know, that, that you've got to think that's going to increase. So what I've been saying all week on the radio is this. If you're a parent of children, I don't know Minecraft age, but let's say 7 to, to, to 12, and they play Minecraft on the computer because it has to be the computer version, not the iPad. But if you have kids that play Minecraft on the computer, go home, download this thing, and the links are on the EFTM website. You will be parent of the year because your kids will think it's unbelievable. I'm pretty happy with my status in the household right now because Jackson is a massive fan <laughs> of the Woolworths Ancient Animals World. So check it out. I've, I've got some screenshots and things up at EFTM.com.au. And Stephen, first up with your minute reviews, one of the most beautiful looking phones on the market today. The Moto X Style is what you're referring to there. This is a smartphone, an Android smartphone that has just been released. And this is the sort of product that uh, I've described in my review. It stands out from the crowd because let, let's let's face it, all smartphones look a bit beige in the market. And I don't mean beige as in the color, but I mean beige as in pretty dull, pretty samey. Everything looks the same. Moto X Style has kind of turned that on its head. The, the rear panel of the phone looks like it's made out of wood. Uh, it's got this beautiful wood grain finish here, a couple of different types you can buy. But it does, from from that, just just the aesthetic point of view, does make it look different. And that is, that's attractive to users. But on the, uh, on the inside, under the hood, there are also plenty of features to get excited about. Now, if you're a real Android fan, and there are so many Android phones out there, but the problem with a lot of other phones is that they really load it up on the bloatware. So many extra apps, so many uh, extra things that just weigh down and really cloud the actual purity of the Android operation system well not so with the moto x style it kind of gets out of the way it allows you to really enjoy and uh, the the version on this one is lollipop so it really allows you to enjoy all those features not a really uncluttered look and feel it's a really really nice experience uh, it's got an octa-core processor actually a hexa-core processor so it's pretty quick 5.7 inch quad hd display it looks really nice this this display resolution of 1440 by 2560 got a pixel density of 520 ppi so it's 
really nice to look at your content. There is a micro SD card slot. It does take uh, the SIM card slot is all in one. Uh, so from that point of view, uh, really handy if you want to expand your memory. Now, the other thing I like about this is how you interact with the phone. And that's yet another point of difference here. It allows you, using Moto Voice, to actually control the phone, interact with the phone, find that information without you actually laying a finger on the phone. You set up a phrase that wakes up the phone. You've got to say it a few times so it gets used to your voice. But then you can say, oh, I've tuned mine and I'll hopefully my, my phone is, I think my phone is on and it'll probably, it'll probably wake up when I say this. Actually, no, it's turned off. Uh, it's, it's low on battery. But my, I trained mine that whenever I said, hi there, Moto, it would then wake up and then I'd say, what's new or show me directions or you know, who, what time is, does the such and such start? Or what time is my next meeting? Things like that. It can then talk to you and give you that information and all without you having to touch the phone. That's really handy. The other handy feature is Moto Assist, which knows what you're doing or sort of where you are and what you're doing. So it knows, for example, that you, if you're driving. So if you receive a message when you're driving, it'll read out your messages, for example. If it knows that you've got a meeting in your calendar, it'll turn your phone to silent. These little features, uh, again, those points of difference that can endear the, the, the device to a customer. It's also got an excellent camera, 21 megapixel camera that takes stunning photographs. Not quite as good as the Z5, which I'm currently reviewing and will publish my review soon, but not far off it. The battery is good, not great, lasts you the whole day, but the good thing about it, though, is you get hours of extra usage just if you plug in for 15 minutes. It does get you a few few hours more as well. The Moto X Style is it is available for three dollars a month on the eighty dollar red plan from Vodafone. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Apologies to all those people who are setting their watch by Stephen's minute reviews. Um <laughs> but yeah, it was a long minute. <laughs> it was a very long minute. Um, but the next one is also a crack. I love this product in terms of portable speakers. It's probably one of the best. The UE Boom 2 is the product you're referring to, Trevor. UE is short for Ultimate Ears. That is a division of uh, the uh, Logitech company. Now, the UE Boom 2 uh, is, as its name suggests, the second version of the UE Boom. It's a cylindrical, tubular-shaped speaker that is waterproof. That is shockproof, dustproof. So you can take this anywhere. Now, because of the shape of the product, it does it does provide a 360 degree sound experience. So there's no you don't have to like other square speakers be sitting in a sweet spot. The music is actually can be heard uh, in equal quality no matter where you're sitting. Now this new version, the UE Boom 2, has actually got improved drivers. So uh, it does you can really hear the difference in sound quality, a lot more clarity and even much better bass as well. Uh, it can also at its top level, it's also a lot louder than the previous version too. It's supported by a great app that allows you to control your equalizer. Uh, it can pair a second UE Boom 2 as well. So if you want to increase the volume of your sound, you can do that. There's also a cool new uh, app you can download called Block Party, which uh, lets you say your, your, your mates are over and they've all got the Block Party app. They can then take turns playing DJ and playing their favorite track to the UE Boom 2 speaker. Uh, it is a bit more expensive on the downside. It's 50 bucks more expensive than the previous model. I think Everyone's going to blame the Aussie dollar. This is $249.95, but if you do love your music and want a rugged speaker to take it anywhere, the UE Boom 2 does a great job. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. 
You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. I've um I think I might do a Twitter poll and uh, encourage people to get on the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag and let us know their thoughts. Uh, should Stephen Fennick come to the EFTM studio each and every week because the quality of the broadcast is exceptional. Uh, apologies for the line. It hasn't been awesome tonight, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, Stephen's you know, a bit reluctant to get his passport stamped. I mean, I'm happy to speak to Dropbox <laughs> about cutting you a bit of an extra slice, mate, if it covers the petrol. I mean, okay. you know, the quality's sure. good. The quality's good when we're together, so maybe we've got to do that more often. So apologies for the few dropouts we had tonight, people. But you put up with us. You love it. You love it. Uh, we are here each and every week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, and supported by Dropbox. Stephen, back next week. Yes, we are for episode 231, and uh, I don't have a name for that episode. It's only 2.30 that uh, I have have already spoken about. Uh, I'm making my dentist appointment now. Talk to you next week. <laughs> See you, mate. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.